Is everybody? Oh, we're all getting so quiet. Okay. What we're going to do is if you look on page six, it kind of has the info. This is something that I learned at a retreat. It's not something that I came up with, so I want you to know that. And um, what we're talking about with this is urgent prayer care is what we call it. And we all have those experiences where we have people that have just a crisis that comes up. Maybe they call you on the phone. Maybe you see them here at church, some kind of a circumstance like that. And what we need to do is take them to the great physician with their needs. But oftentimes we kind of panic. We don't know what to pray. So we either pray too long or we don't pray at all. We just say, well, I'll pray for you about it. But we need to understand, first of all, this is kind of not a formula Prayer is never a formula. It's spirit-led. But this is just three points, A, B, C, so that if you have an experience with someone, that you can literally pray within two minutes with them and be able to hopefully encourage them with this. So the first thing, as you see on that page six, it talks about addressing the situation. And in a crisis, you know, your life feels like you're out of control. You feel that God is far away. Many times he seems far away. And we lose our focus. And so we need to be redirected. And I know that our emotions and our perspective can block our calm and our peace. I mean, you know of some emotions. Give me some emotions that just immediately your peace is gone. You're, you're no longer calm. Fear. Anger. Yes. Yes. So that's perspective gets distorted. And so the focus becomes the situation or the circumstances, and that's when God becomes very small. And so the first point you see there on prayer, pray A, you want to tell God just what the person told you. So you bring their outside situation, which is their perspective, and then you move it to what they're feeling. And we know God knows their circumstances. We know he understands all of that. But by beginning with praying this way, We are ministering to that person because that means the person knows you've heard what they've said. You've heard what they've told you. And also, it can possibly prevent denial. It helps them to realize this is reality. So an example. So somebody's talking to me. And so my prayer for addressing the situation is, Susie's son, Mike, has just been diagnosed with cancer. She's devastated by this news, and she's anxious for Mike. One sentence that you just pray. They're there. They've told you something. You just pray that back to God. And then the next step is B, bringing God in. You know, the key to lasting calm and peace is the Holy Spirit. And we have Romans 8, 6, which says, The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. And so what does that person need when they're coming with this crisis or this concern? They need God. They need an awareness of his presence. They need to bring God into focus so that he's no longer small, but they are drawn closer to God. And so you first pray, they address the situation, you pray back to them. I'll do that and then I'll add the next one. Susie's son, Mike, has been diagnosed with cancer. She's devastated by this news and she's anxious for Mike. B. You're praying his attributes, his character, who he is. You're inviting his presence. B, God, you are Mike's creator God who knows every inch of his body and the great physician who heals. So you bring in his attributes. You help them to bring God back into this picture of whatever circumstance they're in. 
And then third, you communicate hope. When you're in a crisis, you're going to need a reason to go on because it's rarely resolved quickly. You know, these crises come, but that doesn't mean you pray something and everything's good and and they go on. You need to communicate hope. And that gives us strength. Not wishful thinking, not hope wishful thinking. It gives you strength and it removes doubts because you're going to focus on God. And so you pray the C, which is you point them to God's word or his promises or his truths. We just had discussion about God's attributes, you know, getting a list of attributes, as Heather talked about. You bring that in with the, first, the B part, but then you need to know God's word. You need to know his promises. And those are also in these verses that you're studying as you're praying that you can make a list of. And so... You're going to point them to God's word. You're going to communicate hope because his word is the only thing we have that's really going to give true hope and is really going to help them. So we'll start with A. Susie's son, Mike, has been diagnosed with cancer. She's devastated by this news and anxious for Mike. God, you are Mike's creator God who knows every inch of his body and the great physician who heals. C, help Susie in her time of trouble. Give her the peace that only you can provide. Be her comforter when she's anxious. Guard her heart and her mind from worry. Amen. Three sentences. And you've prayed with them. And they've at least heard the scripture. You hear the scripture in that third one? You know those verses that come to mind when you hear that. So I wanted us to just, this is just an easy thing to do. But it's something that you can do quickly with someone, and at least you're not just saying, oh, I feel terrible about this. I'll make sure I pray for you. You really pray with them right there. They're heard. You're helping them to bring God into that situation, into focus, and then you're giving them God's truths, God's promises. And so throw out, throw out an example of a crisis that we can brainstorm about how we do this. One of you, something. Child ran away. Okay. So child ran away. So the person is probably pretty distraught and scared. So the first part we would pray is, Susie's son has run run away. We don't know where he is. She's very distraught. It's a very scary time. We don't know how he's doing. How would we bring God into that situation? What would be something you can pray? What are some of God's attributes or his character or who he is? There you go. God, you are omnipresent. You know where her son is right now. You're in control. You're sovereign. You're in control of this situation. Then how would we communicate hope with that? Pointing to God's word as truth or promises. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're the good shepherd, and you don't want any of your children to stray. And we are praying, Lord, that you will bring him back in your timing. Does that make sense? How about another example? You guys don't have any crises going on anywhere, do you? Oh, that's a good one. We've been there, done that. I know I've, I've been there, done that, so I understand. That's a great one. So husband has lost his job, so we pray for Susie's husband just lost his job. And 
that's very concerning because they need money to provide for the family. So what is a character attribute, et cetera, of God that we can bring into that situation? God, you are the great provider. You know all of our needs. And then what is something of a promise that we can add to that? A promise or God's word or God's truth in that situation. He's the provider. It has, we have to think about what God's word says on the, in some of these, don't we? Amen. There you go. There's the verse. God will, prov- and we know that God, you will provide all of our needs according to your, his witches, according to his grace. I got that backwards, but yes, there you go. So that's the three parts. Does that make sense to you all? Is that something you could employ? Like when you're in church or somewhere and somebody says something to you and, and um, it just takes three sentences, right? 